Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hey, thanks for joining us again this week on the Laser Therapy Institute podcast. I am Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm a chiropractor and certified medical laser safety officer. And I have Christy here with me again today. Good morning, Christy. Good morning. Christy is a certified laser tech, and she's also our education developer here at LTI. So, multi-talented individual. We are going to be talking about research today, laser therapy research, which is something we usually do on the podcast. And we're going to be discussing a very new study on wound healing. Christy, when you hear wound healing, what what's your what do your thoughts go to right away? Pain. Pain, yes. Pain, inflammation, redness, just um, all that. So in this case, we're going to be talking about chronic wounds. And chronic wounds are the wounds that open up and then they don't heal. They never close up. We've seen a lot of this, actually, in practice. You've mm-hmm. treated a lot of this. Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, so the thing that we've been lacking to this point is a lot of good studies about high-intensity laser therapy and chronic wound healing. Chronic wound healing is, is really difficult to manage because it's like the, the body doesn't want to heal it. It really just doesn't have the capacity to get that wound to close up. And so we've seen wounds as small as you know a quarter, and we've seen wounds take up most of someone's leg. Correct. Yeah. Correct. What, uh, how's that stuff smell? <laughs> not pleasant no lots of oozing lots of lots of wetness and just it's just not pleasant for anyone around you know especially the patient it's just yeah. aggravating and um just want to see that heal yeah so this study is from bmj open And the title is Clinical Effects of High-Intensity Laser Therapy on Patients with Chronic Refractory Wounds, a Randomized Controlled Trial. This came out uh, just this year, uh, I believe it was April of this year. I'm sorry, uh, June of this year. Uh, And and it talks quite a bit about utilizing uh, proper dressing but then also high-intensity laser for these wounds. So they say that chronic refractory wounds refer to wounds that cannot heal with conventional treatments for more than one to two months. So that means this opens up, becomes a problem, does not start to close up with regular, you know, like wound dressings uh, for one or two months or more. They develop into chronic ulcers, multiple drug-resistant bacterial infections of the incisions, um, in the case of incisions, and then subcutaneous fat liquefaction. Tasty. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Refractory wounds can be caused by trauma, burns, uh, pressure injuries, venous leg ulcers, post-operative infections, and diabetic foot ulcerations as well. And that is what we've seen in a lot of cases, those diabetic wounds, that they open up and then they just do not heal. And these are people with really poor circulation, a lot of times uncontrolled diabetes um, or just severe diabetes. Well, and often those seem to lend itself towards, if they don't heal, you know, there's more drastic measures that 
are taken, you know, amputation and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So healing the wound is critical. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Because amputation is a very real outcome for a lot of these people. Um, when when they when they don't heal when they, when that wound does not close up because it tends to grow it tends to get worse and worse uh, you end up with bone infection you end up with some really significant problems so if you're in practice and you've been treating um, wounds at all then you know that dressing is very important and but you also know that there's not a lot of other great options for people um, who have wounds that will not close up. There are some regenerative options now that where they can use uh, an afterbirth product, uh, which is usually a placental product, and that's designed in sheets. You can lay that into the wound. Those are very expensive. Um, they do help. They do seem to work. But that's kind of an outside-in approach, and outside-in isn't always good when you have poor circulatory function to that wound bed. Right. So... You know, bandaging is important. Uh, anything you can do regenerative that way is definitely good. But again, if you're just working from the outside in, you have a lot of limitations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these 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 researchers here. This is actually a Chinese-based study, um, and they included let's see, quite a few patients. 60 patients enrolled in this study, and they were between the ages of 30 and 65. They had to have open, full thickness wounds, such as post-operative wound uh, issues, um, diabetic foot ulcers, and pressure injuries. And then they had to demonstrate this presence of a chronic wound, which means that it it had already failed uh, conventional treatments Mm -hmm. for at least one month or longer. Um, and so then half of those, half of these patients were placed into a control group. So 30 patients into a control group and then 30 patients into the experimental group. Now the control group got three times a week dressing an excellent dressing, pretty much what you would see standard in wound care. But then the experimental group, they had that same schedule of, of wound care with bandaging, but they also got laser three times a week. So every time that the bandaging got changed, they would also have a laser therapy treatment. And so they compared these folks, you know, obviously at the beginning of this experiment and then at the three-week mark when the experiment was was done. So three weeks of bandaging for everyone. And then with the experimental group, they also got three weeks of light therapy, laser therapy, specifically high-intensity laser therapy. Mm-hmm. So um, they had measurements taken for the pretty standardized kind of outcomes. So Bates-Jensen wound assessment tool, the pressure ulcer scale for healing or a push tool as well. Uh, And that measured things like the size of the wound, the visible depth, what the wound edges looked like. um, If there was undermining and tunneling processes, if there was necrotic tissue, you know, actual dead tissue present, the exudate, like you were talking about, a lot of wet, a lot of drippy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and then the surrounding skin discoloration is considered in there too because we know that if, as these, these ulcerations grow, the edges of the wounds get really kind of start to fray away and you right. can see even like surrounding skin looks unhealthy. Yes. yes. Um, so the, these outcome tools kind of measured all that for both groups and that's how they did their comparison to see who would get better faster. Now, the laser they used was kind of an interesting laser. It's a class 4 laser. It uses only 
1064 nanometer beam. So that's a little bit further into the infrared. You know, a lot of times we'll see lasers in the 800 to 1000 range. Right. This is just a little bit further out, but there's been a lot of really good studies with 1064 that have come out just in the last couple of years. So uh, I've not seen too many studies about wound healing with 1064. That's where we'll a lot of times see the visible red, mm -hmm. um, sometimes even visible blue, which both of those can be very effective. But so when I saw this, I was really interested to read to the end and, and see what the results were. Now, does that um, wavelength go deeper? So actually, yeah, let's let's talk about that wavelength for a second. There's a there's a few lines in here where I might I might not be able to totally agree with the researchers, um, but I'm I'm still gonna read that off because it does give us some information about at least how they view the 1064 wavelength. Again, this is an invisible infrared wavelength. You know that, right? Um, so it doesn't look any different to our eyes than like an 800, but it is quite a bit different as far as how it absorbs into the tissues from 800 or from 905 okay. uh, or from 660, right? All these right. wavelengths of light behave very differently. And of course, right. there's no radiation or, or anything like that with these. They're very, very safe. Mm -hmm. um, but these researchers say that using a laser with a wavelength of 1064 nanometers provides the best absorption and penetration into tissue as its absorption by tissue chromophores such as hemoglobin, melanin, and water is lower, thereby enhancing the wound healing process. That's kind of a confusing statement because if you've got low absorption, mm -hmm. how does that absorb or that, you know, how does that stimulate the, the wound healing process? I think what they're going for there is just saying, hey, it can get in very deep. Okay. 1064 can penetrate quite deep. It's not as deep as 800. Okay. We do know that. So I have to kind of disagree with the researchers in, in, this, in this particular line. However, it does have very minimal scattering. So that's key. Yeah, because as the photons go into the tissues, once they encounter water and blood and proteins, they tend to want to, yeah, disperse and right. scatter right. into superficial tissues rather than traveling on into deeper tissues. And what we're after is the inward out. Healing. Right, we need to get into those tissues. Mm -hmm. but at the same time, uh, some scattering could be good because we're talking about a wound. It's a fairly right. superficial tissue. So we know from other studies that 1064 does penetrate quite well and it has minimal scattering. Mm -hmm. So okay. we should it should be getting quite a bit in deep. To compare like 800 nanometers, we know 800 nanometers goes very deep. It goes the deepest out of those wavelengths as far as we know at this point but it also has a lot of scattering. Mm -hmm. So it may be able to get a lot of photons in deep to the tissues, but it also means a lot of it gets dispersed on the surface. Right. So in this case, you know, using 1064, I think definitely gets us through that wound bed into the healthy tissues below, um, but stays a little more focal on the tissues we're treating rather than seeing a lot of beam spread. Okay. So 1064, they say... Um, has other beneficial properties. It provides photobiomodulation, which is our new laser therapy term, mm -hmm. uh, by inducing increases in oxygen consumption, endogenous ATP synthesis, and fission rate rhythm. Further, this has been demonstrated to be the optimal wavelength to activate autophagy. Do you know what autophagy is? I was going to ask, what uh -huh. is that? So that is the process where immune system cells eat up Interesting. unhealthy tissues. Okay. Um... And they say um, that, uh, but this can promote cell metabolism and maintain normal physiological activity and homeostasis. So, 
Um, and then also it can promote the production of cytochrome oxidase and increase cellular or mitochondrial calcium uptake. So there, there's a little bit of confusing language here, and I think it's just probably the, the Chinese to English language barrier more than anything. Um, but essentially there we're talking about increasing metabolism of the tissues, right? Right. So that's an important thing. If you're trying to promote wound healing, you need new healthy tissues. Right. And so right. if you can stimulate those from the outside in, but also from the inside out, then you get wound healing from that wound bed, mm -hmm. um, you know, from below that area, healthier and healthier tissues that are replicating uh, so you get more healthy cells, mm -hmm. right? That's how you get wound healing. Right. Okay, so let's let's talk about their settings real quick here. They used a this 1064 nanometer high-intensity laser. Uh, they used a setting of continuous wave and 8 watts of power. Now, uh, they did say they used a very small beam size, 1 square centimeter. I, I don't know that that's really correct. Um, and this particular laser, I believe, uses a 20 millimeter or 25 millimeter uh, diameter mm -hmm. spot size. So this is probably just, again, a little bit of a miscommunication. Um, but what I found most interesting is they used a very high dose. And we measure dose for, for light therapies in joules per centimeter squared, right? So mm -hmm. uh, a joule is a packet of energy, a unit of energy measurement. And then that has to be spread out over a certain area. So the bigger the wounds are, right, the, the more laser you need to deliver there. Right. And the smaller the wound is, the less laser you need to deliver uh, to get the same number of joules. Now, wound healing, um, they recommend between like one and eight joules per centimeter squared, somewhere in that range, is the, has been what's typically recommended. These guys did 80 joules per centimeter squared. That's a very high dose. Yeah. Very high dose. Um, fairly high power, you know, eight watts. Mm -hmm. um, so this is this is quite a bit of light they're pushing in here. Definitely well above the kind of norms, well above the what, what's typically recommended. And then again, using 1064 is kind of uncommon for wound healing. Mm -hmm. So how do you think they did? Well, you want to think more is better, <laughs> right? You want to think that, yeah. But it, we know from experience that's not always true. Correct. So, um, I'm curious. What were yeah. the results? Well, before I get there. Okay. You're, you're exactly gonna make right. Us hang on. I'm going to make you wait. <laughs> um, but no, you're exactly right. We we tend to think as humans, more is better, you know. And especially, you know, there's there's lasers out there that'll push 80 watts of power. I mean, you can you can do a lot of laser really quickly. But it is, you know, we do want to stay away from that idea that more is always better. Sometimes more is better. Mm -hmm. Sometimes less will give you better effects too. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, that comes down to not only the power setting you use, but your spot size. Right. Uh, and the time. And the time. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how far away from the actual wound, how far away you are from the tissues, are you holding that handpiece? How many times a day are you treating? How many times a week are you treating? Is you just treating once and then you're done? So these guys, again, they treated three times a week. They mm -hmm. did this for three weeks. They did fresh bandaging that mm -hmm. exactly matched the control group. And they saw no negative side effects. Nobody had any burns or anything mm -hmm. like that. So it was mm -hmm. proven to be very, very safe um, across, across the, the experimental group. No pathologic symptoms. So specifically, burns. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Let me switch over here. So again, yeah, no side effects. Let me get to my conclusion. Where'd it go? There we go. So they said that uh, the conclusion that high-intensity laser therapy in combination with wound dressing was superior to conventional wound care for the treatment of chronic refractory wounds. And in this case, they saw about a 50% improvement within three weeks for these wounds in the experimental laser group, whereas the people who are getting the, the regular wound care did not see that level of improvement. So 50% more improvement in the laser therapy group as compared to bandaging alone. Wow. Yeah. That's it, significant. It is significant, especially when you consider that these wounds have been open for a month or two or longer. Right. Uh, and some of them have a lot of factors working against them, like infection, diabetes. Mm -hmm. So it's difficult to get that healing in the first place. So in just three weeks, to be able to see that is impressive. Now, yes. here's something, though. They said that significant differences could only be seen from the second week of treatment, meaning that in that first week, they really couldn't tell any difference between the laser group and the control group. Well, sometimes laser therapy or light therapy has a little bit of a delayed reaction because it needs time to to get the the metabolism and the blood vessels and the, mm -hmm. all that working, but then it's an exponential increase after that that's been the experience we've seen with other types of treatments and so with it makes sense with a wound that you might not see something right away and that can be discouraging however after a week two weeks mm -hmm. three weeks to have 50 percent increase that's impressive yeah it is a big deal so clearly you know there is there's some value to these settings at least you know this higher dose level um you know, you can get 80 joules per centimeter squared out of a low-powered LED. It's just going to take a long time. Mm -hmm. um, Speaking of which, how long mm -hmm. were these treatments? Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, they don't tell us. But oh, okay. in this case, that's because all these wounds are different sizes. So gotcha. if you have a wound that is, say, one square centimeter, these guys delivered 80 joules, you know, which with an 8-watt laser is only going to take, uh, how long is that? Like, uh, it's not very long. Not it's very, very long. quick. It's like one second. Yeah. Very quick. joules. Actually, 10 seconds. 10 seconds. 10 seconds on that. So, but if you have a larger wound, like a 10 centimeter squared area, then you need to deliver 800 joules mm -hmm. to get 80 joules per centimeter squared. Right. right? So that's going to take longer. Right. So then if these really big wounds, they take even that much longer. So that goes back to picking the right laser device for what mm -hmm. you're doing. If you're going to try and do a, a reasonable time level, or time level, you know, in clinic, if you're gonna if you're not gonna sit there for two hours, right, then you need to have a pretty high intensity device to hit 80 joules per centimeter squared. If your wound is any size, and like I said, we've seen wounds from quarter sized all the way up to the whole leg. Yeah, yeah. So delivering that level of power takes a long time it takes mm -hmm. a long time if you have an area that's say a thousand centimeters squared which is you know not not crazy to think about that's about a whole leg mm -hmm. um you know then you've got to deliver eight thousand joules right that takes a long time if you're if your laser power is eight watts like these guys was then delivering eight thousand joules eight watts it's going to take like 10 ish 
minutes, I believe, if I'm doing my, my head math right. I'm leaving no. that to you. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> and and I, I get a little bit tied up on some of that sometimes. But, I mean, that you know, 10 minutes isn't bad. Mm-hmm. But if you're only using, say, a, a, a laser that will go to half a watt, that's going to take hours. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So choosing the right device for clinical work is important. You might can get away with something lower powered LED type device for especially like home use right. for patients. But if you're going to pick a laser for clinic use. You need something that's going to work. Yeah. It's going to be more effective. Yeah. So not that others aren't. No. It's just it, the time factor yeah. is, is a big deal. How long do you want a patient sitting there? Right. How long do you want to sit there right. having to attend this, you know, or even well, if you've you... got your techs and you've got mm-hmm. your other personnel in your office and your clinic, mm-hmm. um, it just takes away resources mm-hmm. to be able to help other people. Not that we're not focusing on that one patient because that's right. critical, but we also need to make sure we're able to help more. Well, yeah. I mean, if it takes you two hours to deliver a treatment to a wound, uh, you're going to get like four of those in a day at most. But if it takes you 10 minutes, you can get four of those in an hour. Right. No problem. Right. And you use a lot more people you can help. Exactly. More people to help. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. You know, there, there are a lot of people who suffer with this a chronic wound healing issue. And we can give them, this can give them some hope. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's really important. It's really important to be able to deliver some, some results on something like this. So there are some takeaways here for us. Number one, uh, we don't know all there is to know yet about dosage. Nope. Um, we have recommendations from like the World Association of Photobiomodulation um, Therapy, and those are those are a good starting point. Mm-hmm. But clearly, going outside of those bounds, in some cases at least, appears to so- show some level of benefit. In this case, going very high on the on the dosage you know we're not sticking to two joules per centimeter squared we're going to 80 joules per centimeter squared that's a very high dose that's amazing um the other takeaway is that sometimes it takes time Mm -hmm. give the body time to respond to what you're doing don't do one or two treatments and then give up we're too instantaneous we want things so fast Mm -hmm. but sometimes it does take time we do need to be patient Mm -hmm. and obviously after a week the results started showing Mm-hmm. But it took that week. You know, you start something, it doesn't take a short time to start. Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, a wound is festering for a while if yeah. it's chronic, if it's not healing. But after a week of treatment to see improvement, that's that's amazing. And that gives a lot of hope that this could work yeah. and does work. So set the patient up for success exactly. by letting them know it's not going to be overnight. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. At the same time, don't work on it for three months seeing no results. Right. You know, right. set up a reasonable time frame where you expect to see the results mm-hmm. um, and the patient expects to see the results. And if it's not working, figure out something else. In some cases, it might mean increasing your dosage mm-hmm. or treating them more often. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, it might mean cutting back your dosage. Well, and each patient is going to be unique Mm -hmm. you can't have a one for all um just like the wound size right you know the patients have different histories even though it's still the common non-wound healing or Mm -hmm. healing the wound not healing yeah but they actually even said 
in here that a major limitation of their study is that they had a variety of wounds with different causes, pathologies, and locations. So mm -hmm. that leads to confusion as to the best application of this technology. That's what they say here. So, um, you know, we can't really break this out by wound type. And we can't get beyond, you know, the general 80 joules per centimeter squared kind of guidelines here. So I think it's important, too, to remember that getting good guidance and setting up your laser therapy systems well mm -hmm. with the right settings and the right protocols is important, which is why right. we do what we do. That is. That is what we do here that at is. LTI. We equip practitioners to be successful with their laser therapy protocols. We help find the right laser devices mm -hmm. for practitioners as well. We train and certify staff members. There's a lot we can do for you to make sure that you can be successful with your laser therapy programs. Mm -hmm. And again, look at your dosing, look at the laser you're using, give the patient time to see those results. And then lastly, remember, you can't just throw bandaging out the window. These, these participants no. in this trial had good bandaging protocols. That is still important. Mm -hmm. But when you're changing that bandaging, maybe take the advantage of that opportunity to get some light into that wound. Sounds like a great idea. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.